Outside the Box Podcast, Episode 2. Facebook, criticism, controversy. This app is making the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Are there measures that Facebook can currently take to make the app safer? Hillary Clinton, back in the spotlight, making her rounds in the media. Do you agree with her most recent controversial statement that the U.S. is currently in a constitutional crisis? And Texas Governor Greg Abbott continues to pretty much go against every decision made by this current presidential administration. What did he recently do? Quick takes, Squid Game, a Netflix success, an international phenomenon, meme game central. How did this become a success? Selena Gomez and Captain America are rumored to be dating. Is this true or are they merely just rumors? Claudia Bermudez tiene todos los detalles. Dr. Fauci in Halloween, what message does he have for the American public? Find out on this week's episode, episode two of Outside the Box. Subscribe on Spotify and help us spread the word. You can share the Spotify stream on your Instagram or Facebook stories. Gracias. Nos vemos la próxima. Facebook has announced changes in a new mantra, more friends, less politics. Just days after Frances Hogan, known as the Facebook whistleblower, leaked internal documents and testified against the company during a hearing before the Senate. Now, the company has announced that they're going to reduce the amount of political posts that you will see on your feed. They also announced new tools for parents to be able to better monitor what teenagers are watching. Side by that, they're creating features that are going to prevent teenagers from having to take a break when they've been on the app for too long. Wadi, how much damage did this whistleblower do to Facebook and what has been the government response? Look, let's not tiptoe around it. Facebook is in hot water and, and it's been building up little by little. Originally, it was just these Wall Street Journal uh, articles that were talking about this leaks and little by little information was coming out. But in the last week, it has been the conversation that I have had. And I know so many people have had across the country. We don't trust Facebook. Now, we're still using it. Let's be honest. There's a, a level of addiction and a level of almost necessity that we have that we've made but we're not trusting it the amount of people who i've heard say that they don't want to share as much information as before the, the amount of people that i've heard say uh, that they they need more transparency from facebook has drastically increased and we're seeing this in government with the senate hearings these house hearings look next year is going to be an election year i guarantee you that we're going to hear senators governors people who are running for election talk about what their plan is to keep Facebook accountable. So we're going to have to keep this story watching as it develops. Definitely, Wadi. Facebook is a beast. I know, I mean, they know our names. They know who our parents are. They know who our family members are, our cousins. They have all of our memories, our emails. Like they have, they have gathered so much information in the last I don't know, 13, 14 years, for me at least. And it's definitely, I'm one of those people, I don't trust Facebook. I need it. It is a necessity. I have to communicate with my family from out of the country um, by, by Facebook. It's our main primary way of, of communicating. So I do think there needs to be more transparency. I agree with you on that. And I, I can only imagine what new laws will be coming into play next year or what, what um, bills will be introduced 
JP, um, do you think these new measures are the solution to deal with all the criticism the, com the company has faced and more importantly, to deal with the problem of harmful content for teens? What, do you, what are your thoughts, JP? Yeah, absolutely. 3.5 billion users. That's what we're talking about here. And we're talking about data. We're talking about the expectation of privacy, a right that we all have as Americans. What are they doing with the data? How are they profiting off the data? And this is very personal information. We know that these apps definitely had to be limited because of the scope and reach that they did have for so long. They definitely have access to every second of our day if we allow those specific features to be allowed on our cell phones. So what this really comes down to is Facebook has definitely defended themselves against attacks from so many enemies and now congressional representatives who criticize them with one basic right that we have, and it's called the freedom of speech. They don't consider some publishers, they consider themselves distributors, and that's what we really have to look at here. This is Uncharted Waters, we've covered this for so long. The reason why Facebook is at the forefront of this is because they're the biggest monopoly in Palo Alto, controlling billions of dollars on a daily basis that goes through this Facebook, that they charge advertisers. How legitimate is it that they're using the psyche and science to psychologically affect the user to not only spend time on the app, but to take action on the app. All things that we question, but don't have answers to. That's why it's so important that we have whistleblowers that come out and actually highlight these things because for so long, Facebook has been such a great, happy story because it's allowed so many people to congregate and make change, but for so long, so many things have gone unchecked, and now we're seeing the bad side of social media. Facebook's first, but don't get it twisted. All the other platforms line up after, and they're going to also be, be called into question soon. JP, and, and I have to add that for a long time during the election, I think Facebook was seen as someone who was calling out Donald Trump and saying that sort of these far-right groups uh, you know, are the ones spreading you know, the type of news that created January 6th, that attack on the Capitol. And, and Facebook was sort of seen as this unbiased umpire, this referee where they were seen as the good guys. But now I think they're losing a lot of credibility in this space. They're, they're trying to tout this fact that they're fact checkers and that they're being fair. But now we're seeing that there's a little bit more of an inclination towards profit on their end. So I think the next time they try to speak up on this subject, they're not going to be seen as a credible source when it comes to, to what we're seeing. I still feel like our congressional leaders still don't really understand the whole understanding of the scope of what a digital platform is. But what they are understanding are the negative implications. And what we're talking about here is not only the sale of data, but also the effect on kids, on children. Real questions that we have to ask yourself, no matter what part put it, political party you're a part of, excuse me. Um, and moving forward, I think it's really easy to criticize a platform like Facebook, but what does that oversight look like? Does it involve a federal committee? Does it involve legislation? Does it involve breaking up Facebook? Does that really solve the problem? Or will platforms continue to have these issues in the future? It'll just won't be called Facebook. It'll be another platform. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but, but you're definitely right. I think it, it's, it's up for a lot of decisions to be made and not easy ones. I can't see a world without social media platforms. So we'll kind of have to see how this plays out.
in the future. <laughs> <laughs> but I really can't yeah. see a world without social media. Yeah, and on that same note, uh, we're talking definitely about uh, a social media platform that's in a crisis, but Hillary Clinton was recently on The View and she said that the US is currently in a constitutional crisis in reference to the insurrection that happened at the Capitol and people questioning the election results. Hawadi, what do you respond to Hillary Clinton's comments on The View? Yeah, and I, and I want to read that comment so everyone uh, has, you know, the full picture. Because Hillary Clinton on this show went on to say that uh, we're experiencing something, uh, we're at a very dangerous point, continuing a high-level attack on the legitimacy of our government and the election of our president. She goes on to say that obviously our former president is behind this. He incited it, he encouraged it, and can, he continues to do so on this topic. But that's not all she said. She also compares the members of the Republican Party to a cult. Wadi, what are your thoughts after hearing what she said? Look, earlier we were talking about people with credibility or lack thereof. In my opinion, people will still remember Hillary Clinton as the one who looked at all Donald Trump supporters and called them all deplorables. In my opinion, she is a politician that throughout her career, look, we can point to how she's broken a lot of glass ceilings and how she's led on a lot of issues. But she's also been someone who has used words to divide, who has used words to try to pursue her agenda, someone who's flip-flopped on the issues when it's convenient to her. So to me, she, she doesn't have all that credibility to talk on this topic. I know to a lot of people, that's not going to be what they want to hear. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think she's the one who needs to be out carrying the flag on this. I think at the end of the day, we do need, you know, many Republicans have moved on and said that they recognize President uh, Joe Biden as our legitimate president. We, we've moved on from that chapter. They work with him or try to work with him as the president. And at the end of the day, we, we sort of need not necessarily move on, but she's not going to be the person carrying this conversation. She's not the person to call Republicans a cult when she in the past has been one who has been divisive on this topic. Th those are my areas that I look at when I'm going to think of, is Hillary Clinton the main person to talk about this topic? Thanks, Wadi. Um, I, I agree with that, too. I feel like Hillary Clinton hasn't really like looked in the mirror. Like, does she not see that she's not the face of the Democratic Party, or at least of the moderate party? Not at this point anymore. At least not for me. That's that's my opinion. JP, what do you think? It's posturing. It's posturing for the next election. The rumblings are true. Trump is uh, thinking about, and we've all heard about it, uh, running again. And it worries many Democrat strategists because not only does Trump represent everything that they don't want to uh, happen in, in not only controlling the presidency, but also the type of measures, the, the Supreme Court justices he nominated, they're uh, completely against that. But when she said U.S. constitutional crisis, yes, she was talking about the election results and questioning them. But the Democratic Party really do see uh, Republican leadership as a complete threat to many of their flagship uh, beliefs and what they want to pass in legislation. And they see the current Supreme Court as a threat to some of those. As we've seen, many states have taken action against uh, a woman's right to choose. And what we're seeing is definitely that tit for tat and posturing for this next election because Joe Biden and the Democrats do have issues. They have issues on so many fronts that not only have to do with what's currently going on 
um, with measures that are against them, but also with connecting to the public on the economy. And we're seeing the energy uh, prices go up, 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 inflation going up, 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 up. And who's at the helm right now? The Democrats. So yeah, Hillary Clinton may not, they may not want Hillary, Hillary Clinton to be the face of the future, but they got a lot of work to do. A hundred percent. Fam, what do you guys think? Sound off in the comments. We love to hear your thoughts about this. Yep. yep. All right, JP, Claudia, let's move on to our next topic. We're going to be covering the never ending battle related to COVID. Now you probably heard Texas governor Greg Abbott has issued an executive order, uh, putting the, uh, uh, prohibiting, excuse me, any entity, including private businesses from imposing COVID-19 vaccination requirements on their employees or customers. Abbott stated, and I quote, the COVID-19 vaccine is safe, effective, and our best defense against the virus, but should remain voluntary and never forced. He is clearly going against President Biden's mandate requiring companies with 100 or more employees ensure that their staff is vaccinate, vaccinated or tested regularly. Wadi, has President Biden responded? Look, without a doubt, President Joe Biden is not happy about this because it is a complete contradiction to what he has done. Now, I, I think it's very important to analyze both sides. On one side, President Biden is forcing companies to create their own, to create rules. And they're, they're, he's mandating private businesses. Something that a lot of people have a problem with. The government shouldn't be in the business of really mandating these private corporations. However, on the other side, Greg Abbott, who's trying to respond to this, is essentially doing the same thing. He is mandating them and he is essentially forcing them to not have this rule. Where I think both are failing is to really meet in the middle, where I think most Americans want our government to be. And that place in the middle is a place where businesses have the option to set their own rules. The business to be able to say, I either want to mandate uh, this on my employees or I either want to create this requirement on my employees or I don't. I think both politicians are wrong because they're both doing the same thing. They're forcing private businesses to not be able to set their own rules. I think that's where their mistakes are. And I think that's where the public has to be. Let's not get into this Republican versus Democrat battle. Mm -hmm. Let's get into a battle where we talk about the merit of policies and what is the real policy that can help our country and the real policy that gives businesses the option to set their own rules. Totally, because what if you're uh, you know, a business owner, a small business owner in Texas, and say you have a child at home who's immunocompromised, you want people in your business, but you want them to be vaccinated, so you want to ask them for a vaccine. You should have that right. So I also think Abbott is in the wrong here. And JP, Abbott tested positive for COVID in August, and the state has continued to increase in cases of COVID. Do you think this will ever stop being a political issue? It's posturing between states. It's Republican versus Democrats. Even though we don't want it to be, that's exactly what it is. When California goes left, Texas and Florida go farther right. Um, it's interesting to me to note, though, that at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, DeSantis and Abbott's popularity were super high within their own states. The polls all recognized that, and they were celebrated for the decisions that they made. While Newsom was heavily criticized, he made a bunch of missteps. And trust me, as a California resident, there's tons to criticize Newsom on besides the dinner party that he had. Uh, but what we do recognize is currently, and it's very interesting to note and look at the polls, 
is not only Abbott, who's up for re-election next year, and DeSantis is as well, is that he is not only right now behind Matthew McConaughey if he does run, but he's also behind Beto O'Rourke if he does run as well. Um, in the current polls in Florida, uh, DeSantis is down by double digits to Charlie Crist um, if the election were to happen today. Now, there's tons of time, and there's tons of time to delve this out for them to definitely um, make those gains back. But what we have to look at, though, and, and it goes exactly to, to kind of the, the unfortunate circumstance when stances are taken, is Newsom recovered from a, a recall election and he won in a landslide. So there's definitely different messaging and definitely things that work differently in different states. I'm not saying that a Newsom would work in a Texas or Florida because of the decisions he's made. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying it's interesting to look how the, the tide has kind of turned and now the pressure is on these both governors to kind of fix some of the errors that they made along the way. Thank you guys both for your thoughts. We're going to keep our eyes open and see what happens in Texas, what happens in California. But now it's time for our quick takes. The Netflix series Squid Game has become a global hit. The South Korean series is filled with violence and ruthless deaths, death games. It's super gory, but as horrifying as it is, People can't stop watching it. JP, what's your quick take? Okay, I, I don't know if I can talk about this without discussing spoilers, but I'm a fan. I like the show. It definitely reminded me of Hunger Games. What's really interesting here, what I really appreciated, is the story of the director. We're all talking about representation. This show is about more representation in media. And what this director did is his script was ready in 2009. He waited all this time. He got denied, denied, denied by everyone, saying it wasn't the right time for such a violent, violent movie, because it was a movie at the time. And then Netflix picked it up, turned it into a television show. And this Korean show is now the hottest show all over the world. Um, big ups to the director and big ups to what happens in season two. I'm definitely going to be tuning in. What about you, Wadi? Look, I watched it. I'm a fan. It is fascinating. I do see it as a Hunger Games. I see it as a Hunger Games meets Black Mirror. I mean, there's a lot of suspense. There's a lot of things. Again, without trying to give any spoilers, I mean, it keeps catching you back and back. You watch that one episode and, and it leaves you on the hook. You ready for that next one? I'm ready for season two. And I'm, I love, I'm fascinated seeing... Uh, the different characters in real life, how they are now, uh, their careers are exploring. I forget the name of one of the characters uh, that she's now one of the, the sort of key ambassadors for uh, Louis Vuitton. And the director is being interviewed about his story, which is fascinating. It reminds us that, you know, when we have an idea, when we believe in something, it can take time. But at the end of the day, it can be big if we keep at it. So I think it's a fascinating show and a fascinating story to keep, uh, to keep watching. I mean, I, I love the director's story. I love that these actors are blowing up. I love that this uh, series is blowing up on Netflix 10 years later in due time. But I could not get past that first episode because it was way too gory for me. <laughs> I'm not a Black Mirror Oof. fan, not a Hunger Games fan. And so it was definitely not for me, but I'm so happy for it. I'm so happy for all the, all the, you know, all the moves it's making, but it's not for me, bro. Claudia, are you feeling Man, there's so Cla many Claudia's memes going around Instagram? Do you feel left out or do you kind of catch on with all I the memes going out? I do feel left out because I don't know what videos. they're talking about. That meme game is I, I, big. That meme game is... 
You 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 must yeah, feel I'm, left out because they're everywhere. You feel left out. You guys know me. I have major FOMO. I don't like being left out of things. Um, but I I couldn't get past the first episode. It's just way too gory for me. But I hate being left out of conversation. So I might have to just go read like a spoiler spoiler uh, blog and check it out. That way I can have a conversation. Do it. Do it. <laughs> well, yeah, tough critic, but. <laughs> Definitely, you may find that show boring, but news that isn't boring is the rumors surrounding Selena Gomez and Captain America, Chris Evans, around them supposedly being an item. They were seen supposedly following each other on Instagram um, recently and also spotted out on the town. Claudia, give us the deets. What's going on here? Is this real? Let's clarify the rumors that the internet has, has started. So the internet wants Chris Evans and Selena Gomez to date. This is who they're rooting for. So Chris Evans followed Selena Gomez. He only has about like a hundred and that he follows. That's why the internet thought it was such a big deal. Selena did not follow him back. She didn't. She might not. She might now. And then also all these pictures that they were spotted together, they were from different years. Like some of them were from like the early 2010s and then others were from like 2017. So they were not spotted together. This is just the internet conspiring scene because they want this couple to be together. And I mean, they want them to be a couple, which I agree. Like this is America's boyfriend and this is like one of the most beautiful girls in television right now. I, I love Selena Gomez. I love her new show. So if they were to be a couple, even though neither of them have confirmed it, um, I'd be here for it. I am building that ship right now. Wadi, what about you? Yeah, look, I'll tell you this. I, although it seems like rumors at the end of the day, I think people need to sort of make up some of these items or some of these rumors with everything going on. Let's see how it pans out. Can the rumor started by all these folks gossiping actually end up in a relationship for the two? I'd be rooting for it. I'd be all for it. But let's see how it ends up. I'll I call it the Bieber bounce back. You're going to bounce back from Bieber better than the weekend, which was a couple years ago. You bounced back with Captain America. I hope she's happy. She went through a lot, um, not only with the surgery that she had, the life-threatening illness that she had. So, you know, if she finds happiness with Captain America, so be it. Uh, I'm sure Claudia will be here to give us the deets as, as it yeah, all unfolds. America's right. here to save the day, save Selena's heart. I would love that. <laughs> all right, last but not least, <laughs> you guys, we have some good news for Halloween. Dr. Fauci has said that children can celebrate Halloween, Halloween this year and go trick-or-treating outdoors. Wadi, what's your quick take? Look, there's no one happier than Target, Walmart, and all the grocery stores because this means that people <laughs> across the country are going to be buying candy for kids coming door to door. So these box retailers, they're happy. Yes, obviously the kids are going to be happy, people selling costumes. I honestly think this is a good thing for the economy. I should maybe be thinking more about the kids, but I'm thinking about the economy. I'm thinking about the kind of sales that this is going to happen. It's a good thing. It's also a good sign as where our country is headed when it comes to COVID. So I'm excited to hear that news and to hear that announcement. JP, what do you think, man? Yeah, yeah. I, I think just be safe out there. If you're gonna go out, be safe. Everything that's going on right now, we're still in a pandemic. Even if you have the vaccine, we're seeing people get sick right now. In some states, it's very high. In other states, it's lowering. Long story short, be careful with the candy you get as well. I mean, I remember when I was little, my mom would always make sure that, you know, check the candy for, for weird things because there's some there's some weirdos out there. So for the parents watching, blessings to you and, and happy Halloween. Yeah, I make sure to always check the candy on my nephew and my niece's uh, bags. Make sure it's good. They don't need all that. They might just have 10 and I'll just take the bag home with me. 
Yep, that is the truth. Well, OTB family, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our our gears that we have for today. Try to little take a little bit more of a fall autumn feel for here. But that is a wrap for our show today. All right, so if you're watching right now, remember to hit that share button. We have a cool announcement. I know you saw it all over our social media page, but make sure to go subscribe to our Outside the Box podcast, Second Take, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Click the follow button. You're going to love the episodes that, that we're going to be having on that page. That's right. Subscribe to our podcast and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you guys for watching, and we will see you next week.